Welcome back to the Crown Refs Podcast for episode 256. This is Camp Chronicles, a camp movie that takes place at Liberty University at the 2021 Referees' Choice Camp, hosted by Final Four official Roger Ayers. This film documents our camp experience from breaking down the film at our hotel room to our conversations on the ride to the facility and our interactions with officials before, during, and after the games. I want to send a special thank you to the 13 officials who appeared in this film. If you're interested in watching this, you can see it on YouTube. The link is in this episode description. Hope you enjoy this episode. Do me one last favor before you go. Have a great rest of your day. There's lessons now that have been instilled in me, like officiating. It didn't happen overnight. You know, there were a lot of camps I went to and discouraged and beat down, and you start to second guess yourself. Like I'm not, I'm not good enough. You know, I can't do what these other people do. I don't have what it takes. If you have that mentality, then you're not going to have what it takes. You're not going to make it. You're going to get beat down on this climb, as you know. There's a lot more of this than this. And to get to this level, you've got to believe in one person. And as I've said this before, and some of your audience has probably heard me, the one person listening to this that can help you the most is the one you look at in the mirror. That's right. So if I wake up tomorrow morning and look in the mirror and say, I can't do this, I can't ref, I can't go handle that coach, I'm scared, I don't want to go to camp because there's 84 of the refs here, I mean, you're not going to be a success. You need to look in the mirror and say, okay, it's you and me here. All right, so we just touched down here at uh, the Spring Hill Suites in Lynchburg, Virginia. Great city. Had a little two-hour drive from Greensboro. Um, went smooth. About to go meet my roommate, Ryan. Hopefully, he's not too weird. All right, check this out, Ryan. We got the official Crown Refs Fox 40 whistle box. Take which one you like. We have CMG cushion tips. Are you a cushion tip guy or... I have both. Okay. When I'm in the mood for one, I I use it. I think the cushion tip is like a mouth pillow or a tooth pillow. It's the best. Oh, yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I call camp season that lead-up preparation time in the spring immediately following the regular season where the shift in focus becomes getting your mind and body in the best shape as possible to attend the tryout camps for the leagues that you wish to work I always said that your performance in the summer determines where you work in the winter. That's why it's so important to attack these opportunities and always present the best versions of ourselves, which is well within our control. I'm getting ready to attend Roger Ayers Camp, who is a Final Four official from Lynchburg, Virginia, who's been a tremendous and outspoken supporter of Crown Refs, had just a great feeling about his camp from the second I heard about it. Roger actually asked me to help promote it, so I knew when I had heard that there was a lot of new officials from the Crown Refs community signing up for the camp. That just made the opportunity undeniable for me because it's a chance to meet and personally thank some of the referees who've supported the podcast and have been positively impacted by the Crown Refs content. Let's figure out where he goes wrong from here. <laughs> so the leg kick is just the result of initiated contact by Red Two. Yeah. Right. You're so right. He, yeah. Wow. I knew I, I knew that wasn't correct as soon as 
as soon as I, you know, if we have to stop the play and team B is already down the court, there's a good chance that you're going to get booed out of the gym. Yeah. You know, and these are the plays and I'm not saying this. I'm just it's saying like it might be able to get around though, because just because it was. Why are we trying to get around anything? Well, we don't want to try to get around things that are wrong. We can get away with it, though. Yeah, we get a, we can yeah. get away with a lot, but it's not about getting away. And what are, what are we getting away from? Somebody yelling at us? See, this is abuse culture just yeah. manifesting right yeah. now. Like, we say things like, "Oh, we're gonna." It's because to avoid a reaction. You know what I'm saying? But but categorize this play type, and you see this on block shots where. We have a clean block and then a knockdown, and then you know Team B has the ball, and then we have a whistle, and then everyone that whoa, you know. So this is that play type too on a, on a pass off where we, we have a steal. About this actually, remember, remember when, the vertical? And remember I was telling you vertical. Sometimes it's hard to tell if they're vertical when the secondary defender mm-hmm. comes over and and uh, you don't know if the contact from the offensive player keeps him in his place or he jumps right. forward. That's why you got to rest the defender, and and you know we had to break it down here, but. Split second, all right, he's legal. And that was very key information to know because now we're, we're just looking at one second extra of film and he needs to do something illegal in this one second. So I think after we watched it, it was pretty clear that it was just offensive initiated contact. Yeah. And try, just try to hold your whistle on those plays when we have a turnover. If, if we have a turnover right around the time there's contact, you got to make sure it's a, it's a home run foul and not something small because that, those are big momentum shifting plays. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, we're about, Team B's about to get the ball on a fast break and then we call something cheap. The, the, the temperature of the game rises in those moments because of the uh, emotional swing involved. Does that make sense? And they start looking at you like this and... <laughs> I screenshotted this on purpose. I get this a lot. Stacked. Stacked, yes. And so when you have... I mean, this is a two-person game, of course. Where would you want to be positioned on this? He's kind of on the wing, so you don't want to go too far down here, but you don't want to be too much on the court either like this. Yeah, there's no absolutes, man. Sometimes you're going to have to go a little bit further than you normally would in trail. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you got to take a step up, you know? Uh, The most important thing is you go anywhere but here. If you (laughs) want to go three steps north, that's fine. You'll be able to see in between the point of contact. You want to go three steps south, you'll see the in between the point of contact from the opposite end. So it's not necessarily should I go up or down here. Most non-officials have no understanding of the difficulty and level of dedication and practice that it takes to even be considered a good official. Just to be good, you have to do and know so much. So it becomes a lifestyle when you leave the floor, practicing your signals, studying the rules, discussing plays, working out. But one of the aspects that we all love is the pursuit and the process of trying to become a great official and giving back to other officials officials as that's what you're about to see here with me and Ryan as we get into a one-on-one signal school session. Show me a push. Push. White. 22. Push. You're going here. You're dropping the elbows, bringing them back too much. Step. Push. All right. White. 22. Push. Better. You're a little rigid with, with the numbers. Remember the rectangle. Rectangle. Put a rectangle right here. Right there. Now pop it through the rectangle. There you go. There you go. This, this is a different number. White, 11, push. When you, when we do the push, let's have the closed fingers. Okay. I, I, I like, yeah, I don't like any loose okay. fingers. It's like having an untucked shirt, right? 
like I liken that to the the pinky that's out or the thumb that's out. And it even we even see it in the push there with with open fingers. What do you think looks better, the open finger push or the closed finger push? See, I was having debates. Like I'm Let's looking at my mirror. So when I so if I ever want to switch it up and like say I, I know you've done this before when you do the push a little bit to the side sometimes mm -hmm. just to get a little variety. Mm -hmm. um, it looks better sometimes with the open just because it just looks more realistic than okay. this. That's just my. Opinion. You got to find what what works for you. If you think it's like trying on clothes, you know, like you you, you try you just tried this on. You're like, oh, this yeah. looks better on me. It's up to the individual to figure out what looks better. I always just recommend keeping it tight and keeping it compressed. Yeah. So, um, show me your hand check again. Hand check? Here we go. White, uh, white, 22, hand check. It's a little safe. <laughs> like you're like you're overprotective of your of your off arm. Okay. So, when you're here, just... Do you do a little step with it too? I like a step. I like a step. That's good. Do you feel a difference with presenting like the higher hand check versus just like the one you see in the book where it's just very soft and... It's like a touch foul. Like, like this is the touch <laughs> foul everyone hates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when we when we bring raise it up, almost like um, uh, I think there's a call in football where it's illegal use of the hands. Yeah. I just copy the NFL yeah. uh, official where, where he's like here. I'm like, wow, that's actually a really good hand check. Yeah. Let's incorporate that with the hand check. And the hand check is really the uh, just a one handed push. So that same movement you do with the hand check. Now we're just doing it with two hands. Yeah. And vice versa, when you're when you're in your push, you can just convert right back to hand checks to one-handed push. The only difference is my, you know, the off hands on top. Mm. I'm, I'm re-looking at it now. This actually looks kind of that looks great. That looks great. <laughs> in my opinion, I have small hands, so it, may, <laughs> it just looks weird sometimes. Small hands and 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 height does not play a factor. Short yeah. height. I was just talking to. Uh, I was just clipping a video on my way here. He was like, you know, I'm trying to improve my court presence. And he was like, you know, I, I spoke to a clinician and he, and he said, um, referees with, that are shorter struggle. It's harder for them. And I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah. Why is he telling you? This is just one person telling you that because you're short, it's going to be harder. How, what's the height limit to, to ref? Even Tyler Ford right now. I know. <laughs> and we spoke about that on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, asked yeah. Tyler about that because I wanted him to, to yeah. speak upon it. Because if anybody better to do it, it's him. Yeah. So he's defied all of that. And there was yeah. nothing for him. And, you know, it's not like a roller coaster ride where you have to meet the certain height limit. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry about posting up. You're yep. not a player. You're not. You're not playing on the block. So referees should not be worrying about height. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else? What else are we gonna work on? Mike Bain's going crazy over here. What's Mike saying? He said three bangs in a row. <laughs> Bang! <laughs> Mike Green's from Yonkers. Oh, yeah? He used to be a ref too. Oh really? I think he used to be a ref. That's what I heard. He still does the Knicks games, right? I think. Yeah. Too. Mm -hmm. So what was, what was the other thing? Um, I don't know. Whatever you want to work on. Oh yeah, it's travel. Oh, show me your travel. Your yeah, points. Look last out. time, yeah. So we had tweet, and then we had travel. So what I do is I kind of lock out my lats. So just kind of remember I had the droopy. Yeah, oh, yeah, the droopy the travel. travel. Javid, my boy, had the had the droopiest travel of all, and I made fun of him for two yeah. years because every time he blew the whistle on a travel, it was. And I would look at him like <laughs> wiping my tears, like, bro, your travel is depressed. Yeah. So like we should not be bending. So it comes down to tactically not bending your wrists, right? Yeah, Keeping those straight, 
straight wrist, just like you would present an arm bar. Mm -hmm. Here, it's a travel. So what I kind of did was I kind of like clenched my fist like I was punching almost. And then, so just remind you, all right, lats out, clench fist, and then elbows, bam, and then just get the point. Tell you, man, this kid, <laughs> this kid, we, I, we did an IPR for you, what, three, four months ago? Yeah, three, four months. You look super, super sharp from, mm -hmm. from last time. I'm, I'm loving that travel, loving the point. Show me that point again. You're going to point this way, tweak, and here you go on the side. There it is. Let me ask you a question. How many revolutions is a travel signal? Three and a half. Oh man, oh man. <laughs> One, two, three and a half. <laughs> All right, so uh, what else do we want to work on? We're here for the, this vlog is called Camp Chronicles. So we're going to be documenting our experience this weekend, you know, going and coming from games, interacting pre and post. Hopefully we'll feature some, some other refs throughout the weekend, oh, you know. Yeah. Anything else you want to think of while we're in our content zone? Uh not right now, not right now. Right now oh, right. you want to block? Oh, let's, yes, I got the offensive. All right, so I was at Blend, so I got to use some college mechanics the other day. And I <laughs> I like my offensive foul call for a minute. So I went tweet, 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 offense, and it went nice. just like that. Love it. And then, uh, and also, what is your opinion on the punch? Because I like to use the punch in high school. Like, tweet, tweet, offense. Is that legal? I would say it's not. But <laughs> well, they're getting rid of the punch. They are. I think they are. I don't know if it's, is it for next year or the year after. I don't know, but I, I used to, twenty-one I used to, twenty. I think it's twenty-one twenty-two. So I think next year they're um, lining up the rules just like with the NCAA men's, where okay. they don't do the punch now because the punch confused um, coaches yeah. and players with the score it signal. There was a few examples where, you know, an official uh, everyone thought it was a charge, and the official was scoring the goal. So they're like, all right, we have to differentiate signals. But I was telling referees for a long time, they got rid of it in college. Mm -hmm. It's going to trickle down to the NBA, uh, excuse me, to high school. So high school officials out there right now, just discard it from your repertoire because it's coming. And I know a lot of referees build that muscle memory and it's their favorite call of all time to just come up and oh, punch as I, hard as you can. I dragged the back foot too. Okay. And make it all, like, You're I a back foot dragger? Yes, I am. All right. That's, I'm not <laughs> mad at you for that. Um, so my question, so my thing for you is just eliminate it. The rule book okay. is not going to have it in there. So, you know, we can't get um, emotional about calls or have opinions about rules. The rules are written as is. And unless you want to write a petition to change the rule, don't have a negative or strong opinion about it. Just call it as is. So what would you do to make it look good? Because I'm right. The, the book has tweet, tweet. Like, that's basically what the book says. Well, the problem with the book is... <laughs> And and they we this is why referee you know referee content and that's what I'm trying to do is yeah. to be modernized and, yeah. and you know updated. So the book presents still images, mm -hmm. still images. I get one image what the signal is. How did I get there? What did I do to get there? So this should be a, it should be a video. Yeah. They should have instructional signal videos which yes. we don't see yes. until Crown Refs puts it out on Patreon. Check it out. It's coming soon. <laughs> No, but seriously, you know, we, we we know where we ended up, but how you get there, that's up to the official. And that's where the art piece comes in. Okay. You know, that's... So I think for me, I if I'm at the trail, I, I think it all, like, if I'm at the lead, I'm doing the punch. That's that's just me. But when I was at trail, I had a little bit different. I would, I would do tweet, 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 and I'd take a step or two and then just present it like that. Yeah. Because that's what the book said. So I had a little bit of a... A little pizzazz to it, just to yeah. 
I'm glad you mentioned that because I actually have a new show coming out called Coach D's Court. And in episode one, I talk about the player control foul and I talk about the six different locations on a half court where you will call it, right? We have trail on the left side. We have center on the left side. We have lead on the left side. And then the same thing on the other side. Lead on the right side, center on the right side, trail on the right side. And the reason why I differentiate all those different locations is because you're standing in a different position. This what, and that means you're gonna present differently. If I'm in lead, I'm presenting forward. I'm just stopping the clock and all my movement is forward. If I'm in trail, now my body is positioned sideways. So there's gonna be a little bit different footwork, a little bit different movement to get into my charge call. So uh, I think it's interesting to note the six different positions. And you know, I think footwork plays a big key in this. We don't talk about footwork a lot. I know you said Scott Foster. That's great footwork. The go to footwork. The go to footwork. That's what I call them. I like that. But yeah, uh, you want we want to look have that athletic look and have, have just you know um, be light on our feet. Mm-hmm. I think one of my mentors was saying these shirts. The shirts I thought I was your mentor. What the hell's going on? <laughs> I said one of them. I said one of them. He uh, he was telling me that uh, one of the sh- the shirts don't make us look athletic. What shirts? The not the NCAA ones, but. The ones we have, the, oh, the straight stripes. Yeah, I mean, I, they're old school looking. Yeah. I was I was happy when the NCAA updated their shirt. Oh, yeah, those are like more students. NBA. It's just a modern look. Yeah. I think college, uh, high school should do the same. In this way, we can have all different uniforms. Yep. You know, high school, college, and pro uniform. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll be back. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast. Serve the game. You heard the slap? Yes, coach, I heard the slap, but we don't ref based on sound. It's a real thing. Yeah. And this is clean, baby, that is clean. Yeah, let me me pull that back. So what you're doing right here is you're reacting to that reach. You're reacting to the overextension, but don't react to the motion or movement of a player. You know, like for instance, a coach was like, ref, he's reaching. I said, a reach does not speak about contact. It only speaks about an arm motion. Right? Yeah. So an act of a reach is just me reaching does not mean I'm, I'm illegally contacting you. So I just think you're reacting a little bit to that initial interaction, that contact. We just got to let it play out. You got to give that an extra second. Because if you give it an extra second, then the play winds up with B1 pushing down on the ball and taking the ball. Yeah. And it's clean. Yeah. You know? So what was the reaction after the whistle? Anything? No, no, no. This isn't the type of setting you're gonna find. This is a tryout. I mean, because players don't really know, because you know he hit his hand, right? So players don't really know that either. If you, because he thought, oh, I hit his hand, right? Yeah, and that's first. something I tell players too. This past weekend, I had two instances where there was significant hand contact. It was like a slap. Yeah. But I said a hand is part of the ball. It's not a foul. Mm-hmm. It's a high five. A high five is not a foul. Yeah. You know, on the three point shot where I'm jumping straight up. You're jumping straight up, and we're literally just meeting. High five, it's not a foul. Yeah, and then remember, you seen that James Harden, uh, when he made that shot over Draymond, Clay, and all of them to at the buzzer a few years ago? I don't know, I got it. He was like, Harden for three, bang, and they, they won it right before, uh, I don't want to say right before overtime, and that was the same thing that happened. They're like, oh, Andy got fouled, but Draymond actually, now I know the rule, Draymond, like, they locked hands like this. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm guessing, <laughs> I'm, I'm banking since, what about, you know, locking hands, is that? That's not a basketball play, that's just accidental. It's accidental, okay. <laughs> There's no locking for okay. All right, the boys are up from their beauty rest. Did you have a good night's sleep? Yes, I did. <laughs> Go get you some eggs. It's eggs and bacon, hopefully. <laughs> I need you uh, to get a well-balanced meal in. Get your fruit in, get your protein in, so uh, you can be ready to rock. Hey, Ryan, you got to meet Al Batista. What'd you think? <laughs> that was crazy. He just walked out, you're like, hey, Mr. Batista, and I was like. <laughs> Ryan is getting blocked from uh, influ shooting influencers on Instagram. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I had to go on this Twitter and unblock me, and all my friends were liking my, my Twitter or my, my comment under one of his uh, posts. <laughs> Listen, we always have to be the bigger person, so if you're sliding in DMs dropping negativity, then I would block you too. <laughs> <laughs> I just told him that he should become an official. We need some uh, great people because he was saying uh, in one of his comments, he was saying that uh, we need more players to be officials. And I was like, well, here you go. Here's the opportunity. That's the big, I think, funnel for officiating to really take that next step is to somehow start a program where we can kind of get get players to become certified. Like maybe offer an incentive, like you get a free certification to the ref class if you're a former player. I don't know. But I think that's the biggest untapped market of officiating and a way to get younger very quickly. You know? I know like in uh, my organization, Tasso, they, one of their initiatives when I first joined was coaches get your players uh, officiating, like your seniors that aren't going to play at the yeah. next level. I thought that was great. And I always tell my friends, I was like, man, just come, just come referee, you don't like it. I mean, you don't have to do it the next year, but just, you know, just come try it out for a season. Yeah, on a smaller note, I like what that coach did. Like, I'm, I'm sure each college has camps that they, they have little kids coming to. And most of the time, the players are going to be the refs, but it would be nice if they went in and, and tried to learn a little bit and kind of take away some things in order to apply it to their careers as, as players. See, when I played in my rec, I played in rec league still, my defense has gotten a lot better because I know it's illegal or not. You know, I can, I can get away with some stuff because I'm an official. Like, I, I know the rules and I know it, uh, where blind, some certain blind spots are. I mean, it's easier. Like, I know Kobe Bryant did it. Kobe Bryant went and studied officials so he would know where to get away with stuff and, you know, it helps, it helps you with your game. Listen, I commend the fact that you've gotten better as a defender, but you're still not stopping me. You gave me a jump shot one and one. Oh, P.J. Tucker, I rough you up. <laughs> I don't like playing against the P.J. Tucker type. You, you know the type who just hustles way too hard, commits more fouls than they're allotted. <laughs> the, the type that you can get hurt playing with. Oh, that's me. All right, where are we going? You have to, you have to tell us where to go. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> I just pulled into Liberty University. It's quite a big university. So find out the center that we have to be in. You know the lights are still on right here. I do. 
Have you been mom last night? I don't care. It's a rental. <laughs> <laughs> and the car is turned on this morning, so we're good. I'm still upset at this rental for not allowing me Bluetooth access. I tried to hit add device, but they're all filled and I, there's no way to delete them. So yesterday I was driving two hours listening to my headphones. I think the gyms back there that you said. getting real trigger happy with, <laughs> with those plays. It's great though. Let's talk about that dynamic. And, and that's one of the reasons why I came down here too, because I knew there's gonna be a lot of connections yeah. that I made online that now are in real person. Yeah, it's crazy. You know? Every time I go online, I see you at a camp. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird. I know. You I know. put good content out, man. I, I appreciate like, it, I listen to When did we first get connected? Hmm. Maybe about, about Six months ago? Okay. So so fairly, maybe a year, about, about less than a year. So fairly recent. Yeah, recent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like celebrity are down here. <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to get back to the game in a big way. In a, in a really big way, you know? No, it's, it's smart because a lot of guys don't. You never seen a referee in. I thought Roger's opening classroom session was outstanding. He's an extremely charismatic guy, and that's just one of the reasons why he's a great teacher of the craft. I didn't get a chance to document his speech, but following the session, I did meet up with Michael Bonds from Houston. I think my kids know you. <laughs> Sitting in the living room. Daddy, who is this guy? I was like, I mean, no, good talk. Good today. Learning a lot. Two, two. This is only four, so. Yeah, depending what camp you're at. Uh, instructional camps usually get six, but I'll take four and get more video, learn how to break down the film, so it'll be good. Uh, what other camps you got lined up? Other camps, I'm going to uh, Donnie's in, uh, in July at a smoking up, and then I'll be doing Larry Last, July 17th and 18th up in Springfield, Massachusetts. And you, which level are you working now? I'm doing high school, varsity, and division three. Awesome in the ACC in the Big East and the Big 12 I get to go to these arenas and I get to, I never dreamed I'd be doing what I'm doing and getting to go to these these cities and travel and 
Maui and Madison Square Garden. And I'm, I'm, you know, I just got in this to do rec ball on Saturday mornings and I look around. Sometimes when I pinch myself, I hear people say, you're so lucky. And I go, you know what? They're right. Aren't you glad you listened to your dad's advice on the ride home of that no first call? Oh boy, Ryan. Mariners last recording the game. Gonna watch the footage after. He's in a league of his own, 19 years old. I told him he's gotta be, gotta get used to making mistakes. There's gonna be a lot of them. And it's gonna be up to his mindset to filter out the negativity and just look at it from a learning point of view. Doing a great job. One of the really cool and unique things about this camp was the career diversity of the officials on the roster, meaning you had a wide range of talent from Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, junior college. There was FIBA officials there, NAIA, men's, women's, junior varsity, varsity, two very first year officials. So that created a great dynamic and a camp culture that was really fun to be around. Mr. Darren Drake, how are you, sir? Doing well. Just coming off the game. Nice. How'd it go? Went pretty well. You know, this is a camp, which is always fun and challenging at the same time. You get lots of different information. So we're talking about the little skill stuff. So, um, like, the conscious mind is really like, you can think of it as like a sticky note. You can really have one thing at a time that you can focus on. The trick is to take these new tips and put them in habits so that you don't have to be included in your subconscious it's a pleasure meeting you in person. I just want to personally thank you for your contributions to the podcast. And, uh, you know, it was right around that time I started to really focus on mindset. So you helped inspire new thoughts for me. And, you know, I've been on kind of a mental journey, a mental and emotional journey since then. So. Um, anything new you've been thinking about lately that's uh, maybe we didn't discuss on the episode? Not really, just really just for myself, just implementing and having a routine with all these things. And I, I find that uh, just these small incremental changes add up in the bigger things. So if we're taking care of the small things, then we're the bigger things. So I think it really applies to fishing and life in general. Hope you have a great rest of your camp and uh, look forward to seeing you work. Hopefully, we get a game tomorrow. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great to meet you too, Paul, and uh, appreciate that. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast, the audio experience for basketball officials. Serve the game. You have a passion for what you do, and that's why you're one of the best at it. And, and that's why people enjoy listening to your podcast because the energy you bring and the things you do to make us all better. Like people say, what are so many things you do? I listen to Crown Refs. I listen to what Paul does because I'm one of his biggest fans, and I hope you guys pick up some great tips here. If you ever need anything at all, Paul has my contact info. He'll get it to you. I'll be happy to answer any questions, and uh, let's go Crown Refs. Mr. Ayers. Paul, thanks for coming. It's a pleasure being here. I felt like, um, I mean, first of all, thank you for the, the episode 100. That was amazing. Yeah. Truly one of maybe the, probably the best episodes we put out. 
and I thought I felt like a great connection with you and, and that's sure. honestly par partially the reason why I'm here is to continue to further this connection but experience this great camp that you have going and and I was just telling uh, Mike yesterday one of the differences from this camp to other camps is as soon as it started yesterday you went and shook every single person's hand mm -hmm. and that's something that you don't see and sure. it should be common so I, I just got to feel right away that this camp is different and um, I'm really enjoying it so far. Thank you for coming and I had so much feedback from that episode when people were emailing me, texting people I didn't even know and say, Roger, I'm so glad you did the episode on Crown Rush because I listened to just one thing you said and I tried it and it worked. And just that's kind of like yesterday you talked about shaking hands. As you've seen at this camp, I teach a positive message. I think if you're a good person, good things are gonna happen to you in life. You don't have to be a jerk to be an official. You don't have to be a jerk in life, mm -hmm. you know? And some of the things that's helped me be successful in officiating is, I like to think that when coaches see me on the court, they're like, you know what? I don't like every call he makes, but he is one of the good guys. At least I can talk to him and communicate, and that's why I'm helping out your officials that listen to Crown Russ. I'm like, you know what? If I can just help one official maybe this upcoming year on a cold Friday night in January when they have a play and they think, Roger Ayers should try this, and they try it, and it works. They'll be like, I'm glad I listened to Crown Refs. That Just that one tip he gave me, it works. This, this, the successes I've had in officiating are all because of things. Not only I've learned by reading the rule book, which is extremely important. It's the stuff I talked about yesterday. It's the things that aren't in the rule book. It's real-world things and how you handle officiating and how you handle people. At the end of the day, officiating is a, lot of, is a people business. If you're a good person, you can deal with coaches. But more importantly, if you're a good partner and people want to, as I said yesterday, if they want to work with you, and, and people listen to this ep this topic here we're talking about is a sit don't be a jerk be the guy everybody wants to work with bring your partners up because the end of the day when the game starts that's all you got that's it. you know so uh, I'm a big fan of crown ref so <laughs> and what you do you, you've helped officials tremendous you have no idea how many members people are here at this camp because of that episode that's awesome and and, and people tell me i say well how did you hear about it? And they go crown refs mm -hmm. you know paul I, I listen to his episodes and i want to be a part of what you're doing and and i told someone this morning if i there's 85 86 people here if i only help one or two if, if it gets through to them and it, it helps them not only in, in officiating but in life like the positive videos we're showing the message yeah. we're showing this camp is a lot more than just x's and o's and where to stand and lead and where to stand and trail there's, I could take anybody off the street here today and say, I want you to get down a basketball court at the free throw line extended, and it's going to be called the slot position. You just stand there. But that doesn't make him a referee. And there's a lot more that goes into it. So yeah. I've been very lucky. And there's a real culture that you've established. It's like a family family kind of environment here. And I know yesterday you were saying there's no pressure. And a lot of times when you come to camp, um, you do feel a little bit of a, a pressure, you know, um, sure. a lot of eyes on you. But it's for just – for you to instill that in officials, just come out here, work your games. This is a learning, instructional type um, environment. And yeah, it, it's been amazing to meet so many people from the Crown Rest audience that, sure. you know, I'm, I'm able to connect with and meet in person. That's where the internet meets real life. So that's, that's pretty cool, you know? No, no doubt. When this camp came about, it, it was late because of COVID. It was six weeks ago. There was no camp. There was nothing yeah. planned for here. And, and Mike Eats, who we used to have the camp with, called me and said, Roger, I can't do it due to my SEC job now, but would you consider doing it? I went, Mike. You can't, it's hard to put together a camp yeah. in six weeks, but the video, the internet, the crown refs, the court cub elites of the world, the people I spoke to, the podcast I did last year, your audience I reached out to, so many people came here and said, Roger, the only reason I'm here is because crown refs. And I heard your episode and you said a couple things that really resonated with me. And, and it wasn't so much, I can read so much in books, but I need to see it. I need to know that it actually works. You know, in some of the games you work, I, I see you talking to coaches and 
They may be upset, but by the time you're finished, there's a little smile on their face. I want to pick your brain. What are you saying in those situations? What? Give me a few tips because officials are so hungry. They want to move yes. up. And if you could just give them a few tips because there's a lot of people here at this camp who have great judgment, who run like a deer. I mean, they're not as fast as you and me, but they run good, but they don't have that what's holding them back, that extra. Yes. You know, how to calm down coaches, what to communicate, you know, how to watch like Al Batista doing a video, uh, how to watch video today. Um, all those things go into your, what makes you an official. I'm from Boston, or I guess Braintree, but technically Boston, because everyone says I'm from Boston when I'm from Massachusetts. Um, I'm a uh, fifth year, finished my fifth year doing high school basketball, third fully doing varsity um, here at Rogers Camp, just to kind of learn trying to get to the college level mm -hmm. next year. It, it, the second I found it, I'm like, why hadn't I seen it before? It was kind of just like stuff that you don't see mm -hmm. unless you like really reach out for it, which I think is kind of tough because as a younger official, I was like, I can't learn unless I go from experience and like, I want to hear from people who have gone through what I went through. Mm -hmm. And I think with your content, it was just like instantly, I'm like, I recognize exactly what they're talking about, they're talking about, they're talking about. And it relates to where you, where you hear one thing while you're driving to a game mm -hmm. and you're like wait that happened to me yesterday exactly like and i can take that into my game and like oh he had this situation happen where i'm like in my head in the game i'm like Shit, i just heard about the situation i kind of know how to handle it let's implement it and see how it works yeah. if it doesn't work i don't use it again. Yeah. if it works i put it in my head and just kind of keep using that especially with the coaches i think that's what i've learned the most from your stuff it's just communication communication Second half, we have a rebound. Big guy gets it right here. Held his arm, got a hold, and boom! WWE. Let me replay this real quick. Got drama? Yes, here you go. Here's the guy with the ball. Hold. Boom! Oh! <laughs> So that was some UFC stuff right there. So I call it a flagrant technical foul. I, I just let this see. <laughs> <laughs> rewind, rewind. Where's the coach at? Did you not see this player? <laughs> Why are you acting so shocked, right? I stopped talking to much. I just left. <laughs> <laughs> so hold right there, bam. Boom! <laughs> I'm surprised none of his teammates did anything. That's good. I'm glad he did. He was like, what did I do? <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like the way your hands started. You pull them back to your shoulders and then you extend them all the way. Full range of motion. Right? Because the more range of motion we have, the more like define the signal looks, the less we use, the less it looks like an actual foul, right? Because if you just do a little push, that's that's not a foul. That is right here first. That's a good starting point to your push. It's almost like you're doing a push-up. If you were on the ground right now, that would be the natural push-up position. So, wait, 20, push. Good, really good. But after you, you uh, call a foul, your run to the table is just a little geek. It's just a little geek. <laughs> I want it to be a little smoother. 
call the foul, the, clear the players, jog to the table, stop, report, 11, hit, two. Okay? All right, the boys are back for day two. Slept in a little today, Ryan. What happened? The alarm went off and we both said no. <laughs> we need another hour. Ryan's alarm came in the form of a slap to his bed with my right hand. All right, bud, it's time. But there was no panic. We woke up at 7.30, hopped in the shower. Ryan grabbed two quick strawberries. And a muffin. There you go. Getting ready for, uh, we got two games today. Yesterday we only worked one. A little different this camp. You know, less work, um, but better quality, hopefully, right? Yeah, but there's a lot of classroom. All right, we're going right here. You, yeah, you're my navigator. So you were frustrated yesterday, right, in your game. Why were you frustrated? I didn't think I, like I said, you don't judge yourself during the mm -hmm. game, and I did. And then you go back on film, and you're like, I, nothing, I, I nothing, was, right? yeah, and to me, it was like a great half. There you go. <laughs> those are those head games. You know, you're in your own head thinking, you know, perceiving the game one way. But even if you are having a terrible game, you need to move on and, and you know, not worry about those previous plays. But in this case, it was all an illusion. So, yeah. you, you learn it. It's like, hey, right? What do you want to work on today? Uh, body posture. That's number one. And then number two, um, oh, there's positioning at the lead. So, I was going too far. Too far where? Um, back. Okay, so you're too deep. Yeah, while I was running, while I was stopping, like I, I, I caught myself and I would move move up, but I want to stop right there. I need to keep my body under control. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so you know, too much depth. So those are two things. Just what do you those, think was wrong with your posture? What do you think you did? Just my body language. I mean, it's always been a habit of mine. Just to, yeah, you can tell me like what I'm thinking. Well, that's common for everybody. For instance, you know, yesterday when I yesterday uh, just watching your court for a game, I saw a play that Jake had, and I could tell right away that he didn't like it. When I talked to him after the game, he was like, oh, I hate it. So our our body reveals what our mind is thinking a lot of a lot of the times. It's a really nice facility. Liberty View. We're about to hit up that gym today, too. Free fitness facility. That's pretty nice. Did you see the upstairs? I did. That was... <laughs> I was wondering where all the racks were, and then next thing I was like, shoot. Yeah, it's really spread out. out right here. Right around about the... Yeah. The loop-de-loop. Snoop-a-loop. So what are you working on in your game today? Um... Just being authoritative when it's my, you know, time in the game to step up, you know, with my voice. At camp, at camp, they just want to hear your voice. They want to hear you being loud. And that doesn't mean screaming and, you know, being overly aggressive. But just having that command out there, I want to, I want to showcase my command pretty much. So just finding ways to do that. Ryan, coming off the fresh ejection, the play of the week. How you feeling, buddy? Man, I'm learning so much. Especially after that, once you mess up the procedures after, you're just like, oh man, I, I, you go in your mindset. Once I get that down, sky's the limit. Young Ryan is learning. Let's take a look at the clip, folks. Check it out. Bam. Boom. <laughs> <laughs>
trying to help all referees. I'm not trying to hurt anybody or say, hey, you're not a prospect, you know, I'm done, I'll see it. Or someone that is a very good official, but just like hitters, they have hitting coaches. So it's the same thing here as a, you know, and, and, and so on. So now I'm going to be the coach. I'm going to get the response, okay? And then you, you know, respond any way you want. They just watch you. Now there was an illegal screen. They never saw that. White, 11. Hey, three shots. Every time you referee, we never get a fair shake. Every single time. That they pointed out like the five most common signals, and you know instead of just trying to th think of it as too, you know too many things going on, just work on the five most common. So we got hit, push, hold, block, charge. So, so for hits after here, after we're presenting the numbers, yep. a little tip is to kind of transition to that off arm here, white twenty four, hit, and then it's just a strike, and I like to, like to let it sit for a second part of the camp. It's good to be uh, involved with him and watching him pursue something that he loves and sit back and watch him grow. You said he's been reffing since 12? He has officially been reffing since 12. He was a small kid. Even at um, after his little games, he would follow the ref around. He mm -hmm. started um, He started with us. Whenever he got 12, he would walk behind us and eventually versus he was kind of a shadow of me. Mm -hmm. And then he got to where I would shadow him. And that's kind of, kind of how he grew it. Nice to finally meet you, man. Nice to finally meet you, sir. You were one of the early uh, Crown Refs supporters. Got a whistle early on. Four years later, I meet you at camp. Yes, sir. Absolutely. One of my guys from Crown Refs. Um, really helped me with his really helped me with his podcast, especially the ones that were really shocking. The one at Joey Crawford, um, Scott Foster. You know, all of them podcasts are real much important, and it helped me um, help me help me throughout my games and stuff. Camp this time, um, this is the perfect time to make your mistakes, and we're all gonna learn from it. Okay, we all have goals, we all have dreams we're going to go to, and we want to shoot to the highest level. And nine times out of ten, we hope we're, we're going to get there. Okay? It's okay to make a mistake. I'm not going to get every call right. Um, but, we, you know, we work the best to our ability. Okay? Um, and it's always a pleasure to uh, run with the players, to uh, communicate with my partners, and it's also, you know, it's just an enjoyable moment. So enjoy every moment of officiating. Enjoy enjoy the season. Enjoy off season if you work if you work at AU in some of the games. But but the three words always is to start the game. <laughs> I set it up. I love it. That was fire. That was dope, bro. Mr. Doc, what up, Doc? How are you feeling? Anybody say what up, Doc, to you? Oh, all the time. That's kind of People generic. They don't even know us. Like, they know us by the twin or Doc, so that's what it is. So I was just, um, just tell us real quickly about your story. I mean, your dad is a ref. You have a twin brother who's a ref. You were just telling me you might want to start a referee podcast with your twin. I got, we got to make that happen. Talk. Right, no, I got you. I was in high school. I was like, you know what? I'm 5'8", so I'm probably not going to go to the next level. And uh, I just wanted to still be involved with the game. So I got into fishing. I was 17. 
me and my brother, we both got into it, and then the rest is history from there. Other than that, like, I have a twin brother, like Paul said, and uh, we're thinking about doing a refereeing podcast. Like, why not? Why not? And maybe a good first step into that was doing an IPR like we talked about. Absolutely. You and your brother, which would be super unique. Hey, look, it's all about seeing what you look like on the court, right? You never know until you see, so why not? And your dad's here working too, right? He is. Um, he actually just works, but uh, he's, uh, he's, he, I learned everything from him. It's great, man. Great family, the Doc family. I wish your brother was here. Tell him I said hello. I will. And just real quick, what stage are you at in your career? You're working college? Yeah, I'm at a Juco level college right now. Um, we're going to camp right now for D2, and uh, we're at a D1 camp right now. But I'm trying to just absorb as much as possible. If I can learn anything at the camp, that's a plus. So that's how I'm seeing it. You got a great attitude, man. I want to continue to help you along the way, for sure. Thank you. Listen to our Crown Rest podcast. Watching Khalil Doc here as a few moments ago, we got a chance to hear his courtside conversation. And he actually edited and post-produced this film that you're watching. So big shout out to the whole Doc family, including his dad, Harvey, and his twin brother, Karan, as they have such a bright future ahead of them. I wanted to finish really strong here on day three of the camp and try to leave a lasting impression on the clinicians, but at the same time, have fun and enjoy myself in the process. Hey, nice shirt, buddy. Best dressed guy in here. Looking sharp. My name is Scott, and I'm a referee from Massachusetts. And I was referred through Crown Reps to the journey camp hosted by Roger Ayers. And when I reached out to Roger, he said, how do I find out about the camp coming from Massachusetts? And I said, I heard through Crown Reps. And he said he really respected everything that Paul's doing. So I thought I should share that with the audience. Appreciate that. Did you get it through the newsletter, or you heard it on the podcast? How'd you? Through the newsletter. Okay, I got a screenshot with all the information, crowds rep, crowd reps referring to the journey. And uh, so I reached out to Roger that way and got, got connected. Which part of the content you, you find most helpful and um, which parts of your game you looking to improve the most? I find like the conflict resolution um, is the most helpful because I find that those are topics that all referees really struggle with early on and you know and we're still trying to grow and get better with. So like talking to coaches, communication skills, those are the ones that I found I have helped my game. Just kind of taking key phrases and implementing that to the team. Awesome. So. I appreciate your support, man. I appreciate you uh, reaching out and initiating this interaction and looking forward to helping you in the future as well. Appreciate it. Yeah. Boy, Ryan, wearing his glasses, recording the game. Going to watch the footage after. That's what I want to build you up. Don't bring people down and crush people. Like when I rough with people, the tricks I talked about yesterday when I would say something like, uh, you know what, great call, Paul. That's a big time call, Paul. Mm, yeah. And I don't, even see, I don't even see what you have, but if the coach thinks a veteran on the crew says, well, Paul got it right. I, I think he missed it, but Roger said he got it right. He must have got it right. Those are all little things. I know when I was coming up, if I worked with the Tim Higgins of the world or the Jim Burrs or the John Kales or the Brian Kersey's, if I'd make a tough call and everybody's booing, the coaches are yelling, and they would just come by, good call, kid. Great call, kiddo. Big time call, Rog. No one did. They probably didn't mean it. But at that moment, if, if John Kales said, great call, Roger, I'm like, 
Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. It, it's that's we a real all, thing. We've all been there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it might be just a pound leg, great call kid. Nobody saw it but you and but how you feel inside because you're, you're starting to think you're reporting the foul and you're thinking, my partner didn't like to call him and now everybody's against me. But if that partner says that's a big time call. Yeah. So I learned that. So you know what? I know how it made me feel. So now if I had a game with you this year in the ACC and I said, Paul, great call, you're gonna think oh, Roger likes it. You know, and after the game, as I said, we could talk about it, but at that moment, for the next hour and a half, two hours, you 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 feel it. You're like, I'm ready to ref this game. And if you make your partners better, you're gonna be better. Back in the lab, Ryan watching his game film. He wore these today at a camp. Do you know any other camper to ever wear glasses and record himself at a camp? Nope. You're the first one. So he told me on uh, fast breaks. On that one too, he told me to help out with the partner. But uh, he said on fast breaks, I was reaching across. I didn't reach across, but I was looking across just because I had a good view mm -hmm. instead of looking at people right next to me. Yeah. Um, I, I would. What's your take on that? Well, you just gotta make sure you're watching the players in your primary and not having wandering eyes all over the court. Did he say that you were ball watching? Yeah, well, it's just because I just had a good view, you know, and I, I, didn't, I didn't see, I, I could see my partner at the corner by, but he wasn't like kind of close to the plate a few times. So I was like, oh, do I, should I help out, you know? Like, he wasn't like this. No need to show two shots on, on the spot of an obvious foul. Just call the foul. Wait there for a second. Let the players clear. Let your partner come, and then just go report it. Our clock awareness and uh, game man, game awareness was terrible because of the. I didn't look at the clock that much. It was hard to see it. Were there any clock issues throughout the game? Oh no, no, no. we were good. Oh, good no. tip. No, no one cares about what you did last year. And I used this example last night. Um, if you go to Star, I, I, I challenge the campers, go to Starbucks tomorrow morning and the guy behind you say, sir, I'll buy you the largest coffee you want and I'll give you $1,000. All you got to do is tell me one ref who worked the national, the final four this year, 99.9% .9 of the country will go, what are we talking about? Yeah, exactly. Nobody cares. <laughs> if you ask most coaches, they don't care. If you go shake your coach's hand this upcoming season, they're not going to say, oh yeah, Paul, I saw you last, man, you were big time. That's right, great to right, see right. you. They're like, no. Ball, I mean, I need, you got to be good tonight. They, they don't care they about don't yesterday. Care. No. They don't, they, they're so focused on this game and their team and, and the winning. They're so, so official sometimes we're our own worst enemy. If, if we listen to all the pats on the back we get about how great we are, you, you're going to start to be complacent. So, what'd you think of watching your guys in the, you know, later rounds, Final Four, championship game? Almost more nervous than if I'd been working because mm -hmm. yeah, you want them to do so well. We're, we're all, Obviously competitive. All refs are competitive. All refs want to work the last game, like I talked about last night. There's only one ref who's truly happy at the end of the season, the guy who throws up a national championship. But but I think at the higher level of officiating, guys pull for each other. Now, there are some that don't. Let's be honest with each other. There's jealousy in officiating. But I think the top guys, the circle that I try to hang out with, we are actually happy for each other. There were guys who were in Indianapolis you know, working games who would text me every day or call me every day. And I'm like, look, man, you're in this bubble. You, you know, you don't need to worry about me. You need to yeah. concentrate on what you're doing. They're like, no, no Roger, I, I'm checking on you. And that, that made me feel like, you know what? Maybe the things I, how I was raised with my parents, maybe being this good person, there are people who really do care. There were, a, as I said, a lot of coaches would text me and say, Roger, I don't know if I should be doing this, but I, I, I want to text you and say, I hope you're okay. I hope if you need anything at all, 
you let us know. It just made me feel like, you know what, maybe this isn't such a bad business. Mr. Ryan, we had a chance to do a signal school virtually, and now we have the great honor to do it in person. So, do it. I want to run through five or six of the core signals that we spoke about this weekend. Um, just that base of the most common ones that we normally use throughout a game. So we'll go hit, uh, hold, push, lock, player control, and maybe anything else you want to work on. So let's go um, hit first. Let's check out your hit. Numbers two. Numbers. Numbers. Numbers into hit. Give me a number. Give me a number. You pick. All right. White. Four. Hit. Let's see again. White. Four. Hit. Pretty solid. I was going to say I didn't like the way your arm. So just monitor that we're not hitting it too far out. Because the first one looked a little exaggerated. Not too far, I'll just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, when I do it, I just like to strike. And just hold it for an extra second. And remember, remember with the hit, we have four options, right? We have the left side up top, right side up top. Remember, we gotta be ambidextrous. You gotta be lefty and righty. All right. All right, Mr. Ryan, camp is up. Just had your fourth and final game. How do you feel, sir? Feeling good. I had two really tough games, and uh, that really helped me grow a lot, grow a lot because and I've never experienced some of the stuff that happened in the games, and now we learn from it. Now I have my glasses on, so now I have film and the glasses to compare with. The glasses are about to take the industry by storm. I'm just calling it right now. Mm -hmm. uh, I see a lot of traction, a lot of people coming up to you about it. But let me ask you, what made it tough? Let's get specific. What did you never experience in that game? Well, just, uh, you know, case, it was like... To, to the casebook to the like to the T almost it was like casebook plays to the T and you just I was trying to pull it out of my casebook brain like your I head your head case my head <laughs> casebook yes and uh, and so that was great it was a good learning experience because I think we'd say yesterday you had a hole and then next you know boom flagrant technical on the dude Raptor that got fouled so uh, it was good and uh, yeah my everything just went up you know. The little stuff that I needed to work on to improve my core presence and stuff that I didn't notice before. And it's like everybody brought awareness to me about it. Mm -hmm. And then by the end of the game, the, uh, the dude who was uh, doing both of our games, he came up to me and said, that was, you were so relaxed, looked really good out there. And I, I made an emphasis on it in my head. And I think that really helped a lot. I think you're going to feel a difference the next group of games that you go work back in your hometown. Oh yeah, I'm excited to get in front of the deer. I mean, I was talking to... Uh, yeah. By the way, I got off the wrong exit then. So we'll do a whole loop again. <laughs> Let me uh, shout out Daniel Wynn for this one. And he, uh, Show a picture of Daniel right here, please. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And uh, we talked a little bit yesterday and, you know, we're just getting to the gym, finding a mirror to work out, like going to the studio and just uh, working on, looking at your whole body language, you know, pretend you're reporting, you know, and I think that's going to help me a lot, just seeing myself in the mirror, full body, you know, um, practicing my, my footwork, practicing and everything like that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to elevate my game. That's what I'm missing right now, so. This kid, man. Don't you wish you had his fire at 19? <laughs> I can't tell you the things I was doing at 19. <laughs> <laughs> You were hooping. <laughs> I was hooping. I was getting buckets. Holy buckets. Make so, sure you go check out Refs Can Ball Volume 1 and Volume 2. I got you. Show the highlight right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting good at this. <laughs> um, can I ask you a question? Anything you want. What, did you, what was your takeaway from the camp? I mean, many takeaways. Number one, 
Um, Roger established an incredible culture from the moment he introduced himself to everybody, to the vibes he gave off, you know, to his body language and his charisma and charm. I mean, I got a, a little bit deeper of a look on why he is where he is. Yeah. You know, you, you, you can't see it on the court to its highest extent. You got you to meet him in person and kind of see how he moves and the way his clinicians all adapt, um, promoted that culture, you know, of, of wanting to give back and focusing on the game. No one's on their phones. Um, no campers are really talking to clinicians as they're working. So that was one takeaway, just a great overall camp experience, really well run. And then, you know, to be able to meet so many people from the audience and have them share the feedback on how the content has helped improve their game is really special. And I think this is a one of the reasons why I came down. It's a really unique experience. And I was telling that to Roger. I said, Roger, this is a very unique experience that, you know, a ref comes to camp and has a platform like this. He goes, yeah. no, this has never happened. He yeah. goes, ever. So, you know, I'm just, I'm grateful for that and I'm blessed. And that's why I wanted to come down and meet everybody in person. So those are some of my thoughts. I wanted to say that, wow, you, you made a great point where like you went with the clinicians, but I remember watching your games. I went to most of your games. They had two clinicians on each court. Yeah. So while one was instructing, and then right when he told you, I could I could still sit there and ask, okay, wait, like real quick, what, what were you thinking right there? What, what did you tell Paul? What did you great. tell? That was great. And uh, I think that's what, like they were willing to talk to us while they're still, you know, monitoring. I think that was. Yeah, so Ryan got a few clips of me in the game and a few plays that I had, a few no calls that I had. Oh, yeah, and great. he filmed it, and then um, he asked the clinician, why is this not a foul? So it was really cool that they got to kind of look at the replay. Ryan learned why it was not a foul, offensive-initiated contact on a legal defender. Yep. So um, any other takeaways from watching me work that you, that you might have picked up? Like I said, every time I watch him work, the most patient was in the game. He'll sit there for about three or four seconds almost, it feels like. And then, oh, nope, we're going the other way. And it's, it's the best thing to watch. I go, You know what it is? I've always been very unattracted to... Uh, Like non-fouls that we that we call offensive initiated contact or incidental contact or marginal, whatever you want to call it. So you know, it's got. I it comes down to this: I have to be a hundred percent every time I blow my whistle, and if I'm ninety-nine percent, then I'm zero percent. Yeah. One thing, one more thing about the camp. I want to say uh, Roger did a great job with the camp. He's a great person. <laughs> He's always saying I'm a I'm an average official, but I always want to be a great person, and I think that was the biggest takeaway from the camp. And I saw that from every camper that I met. Like they were they were great officials, but they were better people. He's an average official, yeah, and uh, <laughs> but an expert communicator. Yeah, and his charisma and him being a good person is why he's as good as that. He says he's not as good, but I think he's one of the best. <laughs> All right, let's go check out. It's amazing what that's all about, mm -hmm. but it's all part of our, our journey, and that's what this camp is about, the journey. I appreciate your time. I know you have a lot of campers coming in, and uh, I want to get to them. This is part of my new platform for officials called Patreon, so this is a private group. Is there anything okay. you want to say in closing to the officials that are watching? Uh, no, but thank you very much for listening to Crown Refs. He's, I'm one of his biggest fans, and I hope you guys pick up some great tips here. If you ever need anything at all, Paul has my contact info. 
He'll get it to you. I'll be happy to answer any questions. And uh, let's go, Crown Refs. And sorry, Serve that, the game. Thank you. And sorry that this camera doesn't show your hair as well as it should. Oh. That's my fault. Well, if, if I move over here, God, my hair looks better than yours. But <laughs> have a great have a good day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast. Serve the game. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You know, if Crown Refs has brought you any value in the past, I would really appreciate if you would consider joining us in our new private community for basketball officials on the Patreon and Discord apps. We have three different tiers of access and content available. We have Crown Refs Pro, Crown Refs Plus, and Crown Refs Mentor. This is uh, next level stuff. If you've been a fan of the content or the podcast for the past few years, or you've been a day one supporter, um, this is the place to be. This is where we have our weekly training sessions on Zoom. This is where we have our live monthly podcast with special guests. This is where we are interacting every day on private channels. So would really appreciate if you could join us in this community. We think you would flourish and definitely accelerate your skills as a basketball official. For more information, you can click the link in this episode description. Have a great day.